Yes, it's that time of year again. Of course, we love WKRP all year long, but especially now as we get closer to Thanksgiving and recall that incredibly funny episode. Did you know we have five different WKRP designs, including three different turkey drop-inspired ones? Simply go to CincyShirts.com and type WKRP into the search bar and have a look. Use the promo code at the end of this episode to save 20% on your entire order online or in-store. Now, on with the show. WKRP in Cincinnati. This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 195. Today on our show, Erica Kleber from the Kleberheads. The amazing thing about my parents' story in the band is that they were married and then and now they are divorced. They've been divorced, oh gosh, since like the 1980s. But they're such wonderful friends that were they are able to were just all play music together. And it's just a really beautiful thing. Their roots as a band go back to the 1930s and the Franz Kleber Orchestra. In fact, they officially still are the Franz Kleber Orchestra, but today they are the Kleberheads by nickname and play traditional German music along with uh, Germanified and uh, Polkified Oktoberfest type tunes. They play uh, German events and Oktoberfests all across the tri-state, and as it turns out, across the country. They're very well-traveled, we're going to find out. Uh, Erica Kleber joins us to talk about the group's history, performing with family, adding steel drums to the band, polkifying songs, and more. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now let's talk to Erica Kleber of the Kleberheads. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at Cincinnati. So I became a fan accidentally. We were doing the gig there on Greg's Lawn, as we like to call it. It's the back of the Moorline house for folks not in the know, the Moorline Logger House. Of course, during Oktoberfest, they have their own kind of little mini festival called Uberdrome. And, right. uh, and the Claberheads were the uh, band for most of the weekend. You guys played all weekend, right? Yeah, we did. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And so my one of my coworkers showed up on Saturday and she was like, oh, what's what's the band like? And I said, oh, well, it's, you know, it's a German music band, but they're, they're really good. Um, <laughs> it's not your average German music band. And to kind of let folks know, uh, it's a lot of traditional German music, but it's also, I guess, uh, polkified or Germanified uh, pop and rock songs as well, but not in a Weird Al jokey way, but in still a lighthearted way. So, you oh, could, I love that. I love that description. Well, you could play Weird Al like before your set while you guys are, you know, resting up or between sets, and it would fit perfectly. But it's not exactly the same thing. It's 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 close, but it's not. You know, it's it's not a lot of yuck, but it's still lighthearted because it's a, we're having a good time at Uber Drum, aren't we? Well, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. I think. Right. Uh, well, that's an awesome description. Yes. So, you know, you have to you have to pay homage to the old traditional waltzes and polkas because, you know, 
you want to hear that. It's Oktoberfest. Yeah, you exactly. expect to hear that. But at the same time, if you did four hours straight of that, it all starts to sound the same and a little boring. And plus, if you want to get younger people involved, you have to you have to bring them in with the music they know. And so um, we've just developed a lot of parodies on Jimmy Buffett tunes. Um, we've, you know, we've taken a lot of pop tunes and then meshed them into the old tunes. So, um, so it really gets everybody involved, which is great. You, your adaptation you know. of the Muppet Show theme is is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of the unofficial you know, theme song. Things that I think people really can relate to or remember, because you know, music takes you to a memory. I mean, the music of the 80s hair bands holds a soft place in my heart because that was like junior high. And I just associate that with memories and emotions. And so, you know, if you can find those songs that have those ties to people, oh, I mean, they just, I love when we do those surprise songs and I see people smile or they'll be like, oh, I remember this song. And, you know, and then they get a little chuckle when they hear Rick Astley done as a polka, you know, and so... I think that's the most important thing is being able to really reach the audience of all ages and bring them in and give them just a great show, a great night of entertainment, dancing, singing. So that's kind of what my vision is for the band as I've been leading it. The funny thing about the Muppet Show theme is the Muppet Show theme is pretty polka-y to begin with. I didn't realize because you don't really change it musically. It really right. And, and they, yeah. again, for folks not in the know, <laughs> the tune that the Claybreds play, it's Meet the Claberheads to the tune of the Muppet Show theme. And musically, it sounds almost identical, but they changed the lyrics, and it's uh, it's really cute. <laughs> Um, Thank you. I remember another thing I was telling you uh, at the tent we were setting up the interview, too, was that you know we do a lot of events, and we did Get a Fest across the river at the end of the summer, which is two weekends worth. And a lot of the bands you know, end up playing the same thing. And understandably, because as you said, people want to hear tunes they know. And yeah. what's, what's the 90s one that everybody always plays? You'd think I'd remember it. Not I always get Lit and Len mixed up. Um, Steal my, not Steal My Sunshine, the other one. Uh, my Own Worst Enemy. You guys do a polkified version of that because that's a tune everybody expects to hear. <laughs> okay, I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, it's a big '90s one-hit wonder. But uh, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm you know half French, half British, as you can see behind me. Yes, I, I do. See, I've got a Union Jack behind me here in my little office, <laughs> and so I'm not you know a, a, on paper a huge fan of German music apart from you know Krawuck and uh, Alphaville and some of the you know synth pop bands from that yeah. country. Yeah. But uh, boy, you really get people to like German music. Like I said, it's a it's a great variety, and even across the whole weekend, I didn't get bored because it seemed you seemed to mix it up a little bit within each set too, which was nice. Yeah, um, you know, we're playing every weekend what we call the Oktoberfest season here in Ohio. is starts in August, and we go all the way through the end of October playing every weekend. And so, yeah, I I mean, and I mix the sets up depending on the venue, what I know about the crowd from, you know, past times playing there. And yeah, um, and I do, I mean, I put together a lineup, but I keep it kind of, we don't stick to it because, you know, if I see the crowds going in one way and they're really engaged, then I want to keep them out on the dance floor and keep them participating. So, uh, but like if we're playing like the Sunday at noon set, then we do more laid back, you know, more of the okay. traditional and save that high energy stuff for when there's, you know, more of a crowd. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I was, that was my other question. You said the Oktoberfest season starts in August and goes through October. Do you guys play any other time of year? Is there a call for 
We know. do. Okay. So that's that's a cool thing about us is we're very multi, uh, I don't know, faceted, I guess. Um, we uh, do a big band show every, well, we, well, before COVID, we did it every like February and we did a night of big band and we would um, actually supplement the band so that we were like a full big band. We had like five saxes, four trombones, five trumpets, and we did all the music of, you know, like Glenn Miller and oh, okay. uh, Duke Ellington and all, all those type of tunes. Oh, and nice. That was very well received. We we produced it ourselves, and um, you know, of course, the main audience was a lot of older people because they love that music. And there's really not an, a, a lot of opportunities to hear that music done live, and so that was um, kind of becoming one of our mainstays to do that one every year. And then COVID hit, and so we haven't done it yet. I, I'm hoping we could bring it back, maybe. I don't know if 2022 is too early, maybe 2023, but we also do um, concerts in the park. You know, um, like it seems like every uh, city has their own little concert series for the summer. And when we do that, we do really like hardly, we maybe do one German song, but we do a lot of blood, sweat and tears, Chicago, um, James Taylor's um, Michael Buble, just a variety of music at those um, kind of concerts. We also do a Christmas season. That's what we're getting ready for now, where we play some Chris Kindle markets. Um, We also did our own Christmas show, which was kind of fun. And then we used to do a New Year's Eve show every year uh, where it was just like a big party, you know, really not much German. Although ironically, people would say, oh, can you play this polka or that polka? It's like, well, we're okay, sure. But yeah, we try to stay busy um, and relevant throughout the rest of the re- throughout the rest of the year. Obviously, our wheelhouse is Oktoberfest, but right. So with the we access, really love to play. So with the access to horns and so forth, have you ever started doing like any ska? No, we, <laughs> we should though. Yeah, a little yeah. madness, uh, a little specials. Uh, yeah, that makes good stuff. So I was going to ask, when, when you were saying you do stuff, Chicago, of course, notably has a, a big horn section. Uh, yeah. Do you, when you're looking at contemporary stuff, do you look for stuff that already has horns in it that you can do? Or like with some of the songs you do in the Oktoberfest sets, do you just look for, the, you can just add horns to it? Yes, both. Okay. So, yeah, obviously when you think of horn-driven charts, you think Chicago, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Michael Bublé, that type of stuff. But then, you know, we'll hear other songs that are really popular, and then my husband and Rob and I work together on the arrangements, and we'll say, oh, you know, I could hear the horns doing this on that part. So, because, yeah, when you have all those horns, you don't want them just to sit there on, (laughs) you know, on the songs that don't have horns. So we create a lot of the arrangements ourselves. So let's talk about the history of the band. It's got a fascinating yeah. history. It's, what, 90, 100 years old. How old is it? 91. 91. 91 years old. Yes. Okay, well, walk us through that history. Okay. So my grandfather uh, started the band in 1930. He's an immigrant from Germany, was an immigrant from Germany. He came over, and um, at that point, to settle in this area, I think you had to have, like, a sponsorship. So he had a sponsor, and he came over and settled in Hamilton, Lindenwald, Ohio, and um, played music in um, Germany, came over here and wanted to do the same thing. And of course, in this area, very rich with German clubs at that time. Um, every Sunday, you'd go to the local beer garden. 
drink beer, sing the songs, you know, in your own in the German language. And so he got very involved with uh, the German clubs at the German homes of this area and started a band in 1930. Um, but he was very into doing the popular music of the day as well. He really wanted to, you know, pay tribute to his heritage, but at the same time, his new heritage as well. So uh, I really loved his vision. I never met him. He died before I was born. When he died, my father, his son, took the band over. In fact, like they had a gig the very next day after the funeral. Oh, wow. And so, boom, there he was like at 23 taking over the band. He led the band until 20, uh, 2006. He had a stroke, which left him amazingly. He, w he was paralyzed. He couldn't speak. And through a lot of, you know, that German stubbornness, <laughs> he came back. Um, you know, he walks, he talks, he sings, he can play his trombone again. Oh. But he just said, here, I want you to... You, you do it. You do it. Now, he has a brother, a younger brother that also has played in the band. And I just kind of assumed that, you know, he would kind of take the reins. But he was like, no, you you do it. I'm here to help support you. And they were all wonderful with that as far as we're here to support you and help you continue to make this band successful. Um, so I've been leading the band um, since 2006. Although I was, I it's hard to say when I first became a member because since both my parents were in the band, I mean, I was always around it. Yeah. I mean, my mom was like nine months plus pregnant with the accordion on the belly, you know, huh. so. And they say my first gig, I was three weeks old. I traveled with them to an Oktoberfest oh, and wow. my aunt babysat me. So, you know, it's just always been a part of my life. Um, so... My dad's vision, though, with the band was to turn it into more of a show, be very entertaining. And that's where a lot of the props came in, the hats, the parodies. Um, and, that, and that just kind of made us, instead of being known as the Franz Kleber Orchestra, that took us to the Kleberheads, uh -huh. which uh, is our nickname and also what we call the people that our fans. They're the Claberheads. We're the Claberheads. So that's kind of become our unofficial official name, even though for business purposes, we're still the Franz Claber Orchestra. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. But that sounds a little stuffy, <laughs> you know, in, in the sense of Oktoberfest. So. It, yeah, you do and get then, a certain image when you hear Franz Claber Orchestra versus yeah. the Claber. Although Claberheads in and of itself doesn't sound particularly German. So, right. yeah, so people, right. I guess, are a little, a little surprised and not sure what to expect. Yeah. yeah. And then with the steel drum, that was totally my dad's idea. So I, um, I went to Miami University for music education. And got, uh, right when I started there, uh, Chris Tanner, who's now the department chair, he started the steel drum program. So it was a matter, it was just at, at the right place at the right time and learned the steel drum. And my dad had never heard that before. And he said, wow, he said, I'll tell you what, when you graduate, I'll buy you a steel drum if you play one song in the band. And I was, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I really want the steel drum. So yes. <laughs> um and it took five years before I got the steel drum because Trinidad time, it's, oh, it'll be ready in the spring. Oh, huh. actually, it's going to be ready oh. in the fall. <laughs> so five years later, um, in that time, I went on to grad school, got married, had a kid, didn't remember how to play the steel drum anymore at that point. Oh. So relearned it. Um, and then the challenge was, 
well, what do I play? There's no charts for steel drum and all these old uh, polka charts. And so um, that was a little bit daunting because as a trained musician, we read music. You know, improvising was really not, was not in my wheelhouse. And so, but I had to just kind of listen to the song and, and, oh, I think this might sound good there. And, and to this day, I'm still evolving my charts, which is kind of fun. Uh, since I'm the only one that plays steel drum, I can kind of do whatever I want. <laughs> and I do. So, um, and so many people come up and say, I never realized that that what I wanted to hear was a steel drum and a polka band. Like that just sounds so great because a steel drum is so, I don't know, a happy tone, a happy vibe. And polka music is the same. And so you you meld those together and it's just it was just a brilliant idea on my dad's part. Like he just, sometimes he just has this vision that we don't really see it at the time, but then, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and you're like, wow, this, this is great. It does sound a bit xylophony, but happier. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my daughter played steel drum at NKU just in oh, a, okay. just as a hobby. It was a club yeah. that she was in. It wasn't a class or anything like that, but she loved it. And uh, yeah, it, it, you're right. When you hear it, when you hear the Claybirds play it and you hear that steel drum, you're like, oh, that this is, it, it doesn't stick out. It's just like, oh, it fits, fits right along. Yeah. And did you play <laughs> anything else in the band or did you stick to steel drums? Um, you know, sometimes I'll supplement with keyboards doing a string sound okay. if we're doing like the big band show, something like that. Um, I, I started out as a piano major, but then switched ah. to percussion. So, you know, in a pinch, I could do the drums set but i don't <laughs> save that for the professionals but yeah and i know you guys do do a lot of percussion do you is that another thing you kind of brought in that's not specifically german or polka -y? yeah definitely the auxiliary percussion i use a drum pad uh with different sounds on it um any drummer that we have usually uses a lot of uh you know auxiliary percussion as well as our horn players on tunes that really don't need you know there's a few that don't have horns mm -hmm charts written and so they'll pick up the claves or the tambourine or the break drum or the spoon and the cool thing about the break drum is that is a central instrument in the steel drum band that's part of what you call the engine room and so to bring that into the polka band is kind of for me that's a nod to my steel drum you know uh history but the person that we have playing the break drum he has a car business. So it was just really cool. Like, oh, here, you play this break drum. And he was like, yeah, I will. <laughs> so, so the band is mostly family, but not entirely. Exactly. Um, so the front row that you saw, uh, so the, the, the woman that plays the accordion and the keyboards, that's my mom. Okay. And she started in the band when she was like 17. And uh, then there's me, there's my daughter. She just turned 21 yesterday. And she's been singing. She started out selling merch and then kind of worked her way up to singing. And now she's pretty much, you know, the lead, one of the lead singers. Then there's my father and then my husband, Rob, who he helps me with everything <laughs> band related. And and he um, plays the saxophone, the flute. Uh, he plays guitar. He sings. He helps me with all the arrangements and whatnot. And then our two little boys have started to play as well um then in the back row we have one of the trumpet players has been in the band for 57 years so he's he's wow. pretty much like family even though technically sure. we're not blood but you know yeah yeah um and then 
Yeah, a lot of the horn players have been in there for a long time and the, the rhythm section as well. So it's now here's here's <laughs> we do us. We wrote a song called the dysfunctional family polka that we put the fun and dysfunctional because the amazing thing about my parents story in the band is that they were married and then and now they are divorced. They've been divorced. Oh, gosh, since like the 1980s. But they're such wonderful friends that were they are able to we're just all play music together and it's just a really beautiful thing um that, that relationship has come really full circle that they're able to just you know be friends and play music together and share it with me and my family my kids it's 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 amazing it, and it's wonderful to see my daughter and my dad like sing together and play off each other and that brings in that component of the intergenerational, which I think not a lot of bands have that. And I think that is one of our signature components right now is that ability to bring in my 82 year old father and my 21 year old daughter. And they, you know, they just, they just play so well together on the stage. It's great. So how many members of the band are there? There's 12, 13. Okay. Okay. And then we, uh, what we really need now is a support staff. We need, huh. as we've gotten older, it's hard to move all this equipment. We need some roadies <laughs> and some drivers. So that's what we're kind of uh, wanting to branch out to is to get some help in, in those areas just to help, you know, su- with the support. But generally we go with four horns and um, bass player and a drummer and, um, yeah. Has there been a lot of turnover in the band over the years, or is it still... There has, yeah. Um, I mean, most people that are in it are in it for several years before they, you know, they they move or, you know, they just... Life happens, circumstances happen, and, you know, a few people, like, their kids started doing extracurriculars or their job took them to a different place where they just weren't able to travel as much. And we didn't used to travel like this, like we do now. Um, that was one of the things that I wanted to do was travel the country. Let's, let's get out there and just touch as many people as we can with our music. And, you know, a lot of people in the band now are retired or work remotely. And so they're able to travel, but uh, several of them weren't because they were teachers or, you know, had jobs where they couldn't travel like that. Um, and so the turnover kind of came, you know, for those reasons, so how far do you travel? You're based in Hamilton, but where, where right. the furthest you've been? Um, we've been to Oregon. Mount oh, wow. Angel, Oregon has a really big, wonderful Oktoberfest. And we did that in 2019. We flew and we had, oh gosh, like 30 checked pieces because we had yeah. our personal instruments, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, that was a logistical, that was very, uh, that took a lot of planning, which Rob did. And that was fantastic. Um We've traveled to Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, um, Missouri, Florida. Um, my goal is I- I'd love to get to at least one festival in each state. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I know Texas has a big German, uh, New Brunfels, just north yes, to San Antonio. Yes, the Worst Fest. Yeah, yeah. We've played so that, that for okay. three years, I think we played the Worst Fest. That, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you travel much in 2021 or was it mostly regional? And this this year, this season, we did. We went to Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, wow. um, Indiana. A lot of festivals. There was only one or two that canceled this year. Hmm. 
the rest kept going, which I was really, really happy about. 2020, we only did maybe five or six, you know, um, on a much smaller scale. But it's great to be traveling again. Now, your two sons, does one of them or both of them play accordion? Am I recalling this? Yeah. So my 10-year-old, he plays accordion. He also plays saxophone, clarinet, piano, and guitar. Wow. Um, We discovered early on that he has perfect pitch. And Mm. one day he came to me and he said, I want to learn piano. Okay. So I teach piano privately. So um, it's never a good idea to teach your children. You can ask Emily that one. But but he was very eager and just thirsty for it. So I taught him and he just kind of took off. Actually, piano is his primary instrument. He plays, oh my gosh, he's better than I was at, at, as a senior, and he's only a sixth grader. Um, wow. And so he just has a thirst for playing a bunch of different instruments, and so we have just tried to foster that. And we, our goal, our hope is that if you're immersed in it at a young age, like I was, you'll just want to do it, <laughs> be yeah. a part of it, and play music. And then my nine-year-old, um, we discovered he has a really uh, great sense of rhythm. And so he started taking lessons from um, our drummer. And and now this season, he, he actually played drum set on a few tunes. Oh, nice. And it turns out he's really, you know, that's the cool thing is to watch them evolve over the Oktoberfest season where they're kind of really shy or more more just taking it all in and then by the end of the season they're kind of owning their their part in what they do they're they're putting on the hats they're you know doing the shtick they're getting out there and 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 trying to get the audience you know involved and and the nine-year-old just two weeks ago he we go out on just because and we serenade different women and he said rob he said i'm gonna sing this next one we had no idea he was going to do it. And he went up to this wonderful woman and sang to her. And oh my gosh, wow. it, was just, it was wonderful. You know, unscripted, not planned. And it was just so exciting to see him wow. do that. It was great. That's wild. Now, did I understand this correctly? Because I was discussing this with one of my coworkers. We were at the, we were at the Loveland Oktoberfest the following week. And we were hoping you guys would turn up, but oh, unfortunately, okay. no. I saw someone with one of your t-shirts though, a Claberhead t-shirt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and my friend said to me, she's like, I, we were talking about you guys, hoping you guys were going to turn up. I saw yeah. how it came up. And she was like, I think they said that the, her, the husband of the leader of the band slept on the stage overnight <laughs> into Sunday. And I'm like, That's no, right. I, I think they were kidding about that because there was supposed <laughs> we to be secure. Because we, we just packed up our stuff and covered it with a tarp. And they said, oh, it'll be secure. But he really did sleep on the stage? He did. Oh, my he goodness. He really took one for the team. You know, um, we had thought there was going to be security there so that we could leave our stuff set up. And, you know, that's the hardest part is the setup and the teardown, you know? Yeah. And um, But I guess they were not able to secure security. And so he said, you know what? I, I am going to sleep here tonight so that we don't have to unload tear down, unload, and then reset up. He goes, and and the sound company ha- would have to have tear down all the speakers and everything. Oh, yeah. So he said, let me just do this. It's going to be easier for everybody. So huh. yeah, he did. That was a first. He had never done that before. So would he have like an air mattress, a sleeping bed? What was like the setup? I'm- yeah. So um, <laughs> the drummer that we had that weekend lived right over, you know, across the river. And he's like, well, I've got an air mattress. I'll bring it back. So he brought an air mattress and then the saxophone player brought him some food. And it was, it was great. Wow. I wish I <laughs> he said there was... was only one incident where 
there was a, I guess maybe like a homeless guy that uh, was wanted to like um, relieve himself on the van, and he just oh, said, Jesus. "Hey, hey, keep it moving." <laughs> but other than that, there were no issues. <laughs> okay, yeah, but I don't know. There was no security because we were told there would be security and we could leave our yeah. stuff. Oh, hmm. All right, we'll need yeah. a double check next year. Uh, yes. on that as well huh? and bring some locks maybe all right right so any other crazy stories like that uh from road gigs or gigs mm-hmm. around town that it would the, the unexpected that happened and you had to deal with it oh so we played um two weeks ago we played down at um the oktoberfest of the palm what is it called oktoberfest of the palm beaches down in near like lake worth florida and, and um we drove down there and it, we, we played on Saturday and Sunday and on, I think it was Thursday or Friday. We got, I got a text from our trumpet player that said, I can't come. I have COVID. (laughs) And so, oh gosh. So, um, so Rob got on the phone and we just reached out to anybody that we knew that might know somebody that knows somebody and you know what's great now is with Facebook, there's a lot of um, pages that are like, okay, here's the South Florida musicians page, and where it's great for networking. So he got on that, and uh, and then we were able to get two trumpet players. But that was things like that are pretty stressful. Um, you know, when you have to try to find somebody uh, to fill in at the last minute, that can be very stressful. Well, yeah. Um, and did you have like the music for them? I mean, it's because it's, you're not your yes. normal, you know, German polka set list as right. we discussed. Right. So that's another way we've evolved. We don't use paper music. All of our music is on iPads. Ah. Um, and we use this program called Band Helper that was created that allows us to all be connected on stage. So if I want to change a song or go out of order, I can do that. And it just, boom, it shows up for everybody on their iPad. They don't have to try to find it or touch the screen or anything. It just shows up. And the other benefit of that is we're able to send a link to any subs with, um, you know, a, a password and a login, and they can then view the charts themselves. Ah. And um, and we have audio that goes along with that so they can hear the style. You know, that becomes very critical when we have to have a sub for the drummer because, yeah, we go from polka to waltz to rock within one song. Yeah. And it, it's very complex. Wow. So... Yeah, so that has been a real game changer for us to be able to not use paper music. Of course, we had to scan all of it in, and we still don't have all the books scanned in. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's still yeah. just a little work. It's like it isn't there isn't like a database somewhere that you can access and say, "Oh, we need the Muppet Show theme." Here it is. You actually have to do it yourself. A lot, a lot of it we do. Some Rob's able to find midis that are partially finished, and then we build off of that. But some. You know, we either have to transcribe all ourselves or these old German ones, you know, that my grandfather's, oh, yeah. his music is so old that, you know, and we want to save that, preserve it. But so we'll scan that in and then we have to doctor it up so that it's easier to read because it's it's just it's old and hard to read. Do you play any uh, originals from the original band days that you're... Oh, yeah, we do. Well, I mean, back then they did, mo- you know, straight polkas and straight waltzes. Mm-hmm. But all the polkas that we do are from him, like the ones that he did. But to take it a step further, we also have started writing our own polkas. Um, and that has been 
really, really, really fun. Um, never thought we would do that. Never thought I could write a song, you know, but um, it just kind of, as you watch the crowd and experience the whole Oktoberfest genre and um, the lyrics just come and the music comes. And so we've written about, I think like seven, eight songs that are original polkas, waltzes. And what's really cool is to see the crowd out there singing them. The ones that come, you know, oh, every week yeah. they know them. And so that's been, that's been really fun too. So, I mean, the, the name Cleaverheads, of course, comes from the fact that you guys have that following. Is it a pretty big following? Cause like I said, I was sure hoping you guys were going to turn up at Loveland. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we see, we see people wherever we go, they're all, oh, we, we always come to this festival because we just want to see you. Like we, and that is like the most humbling comment to receive is someone saying, we come to this festival just to see you. You guys are just so much fun. And that to me is validation that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Cause you know what? It's not about us. All these musicians that play in our band are professional, top-notch, amazing musicians, you know, but it's not about that. It's about harnessing that and making just a wonderful experience for who we're performing for. So, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously, although we take what we do seriously. We want to put on a great show of top-notch musicianship and great, um, you know, showmanship. And I think that, you know, it, it, we just have a lot of fun. It's so much fun. It's, it sure seems like it. <laughs> it is. You know, when the season ends, we get really sad. It's kind of, it's hard because we just miss that, that every weekend that, you know, no matter if you're having a bad day, you get on the bandstand and start playing that music and, and interacting with the crowd and having that relationship and whatever's bothering you, you don't even remember it by the time the gig's over. You know, it's like therapy, really. It's truly music therapy. And But you said that cranks back up, though, in as early as August. Because I think, what's the one over in Newport, Schnitzenfest or something like that? That's um, that might be late July. Yeah, in July, there's a lot of German festivals happening. The Schutzenfest. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's big at the Kolping Center. And, um, yeah. And then even in the mid, more in the Midwest, they do a lot of stuff in July, like German fest or, you know, um, especially in the ones up North, I think they do more in the summer because by the time, really by the time September hits, you don't know what the weather, the weather's so unpredictable, you know, and that's why in October we're more South because we can be, you know, cause of the weather. And so when does the season actually, is it at, over at the end of October or is it middle of October? Yeah. Cause I know October fest really most, the bulk of them are actually in September. Right. But they do go through um, October? The, we went, yeah, we just finished um, two weeks ago. We finished up at the Schultzbrow Brewing Company in Knoxville. Oh, that nice. was our last Oktoberfest. But like this weekend, I believe it's this weekend, is the worst fest in New Braunfels. So some go into the oh, okay. first part of November. Yeah, yeah. You're not traveling down for that one this year? Not this year, no. Okay. All right. Now, I see you guys have made some CDs as well. Yes. We have um, the one that's called uh, Claberhead Tradition. That's our the most recent one, but by recent, it's at least six or seven years old. You know, it what's really hard with twelve people that have really busy schedules is finding that time to rehearse and even record. Yeah, it's really difficult. And so now, what we're doing is because there's really great programs out there. 
you know, on for the that you we can do things remotely now. We can say, send, yeah. hey, here's a track to you know our trumpet player. Can you record your part? Then he sends it back, and then Rob kind of mixes it all together. And I really think that's the way of the future for us, just because it is just too hard to get everybody together. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bands are uh, doing that now. Uh, yeah. My favorite band, there's only two guys in the band, essentially, but one lives in Liverpool and one right now lives in the south of France. And oh, they have wow. to, uh, they have to do, they write sort of sending each other files, but they've decided, you know, the only way they can really write together is if they're in the same room. To fit. So they can yeah. throw ideas at each other, but when it comes to writing, they have to either meet in London or the one will go up to Liverpool or something like that, and they'll get <laughs> together and, and do that. So I was kind of wondering if technology, would, you know, helped you guys in that way, especially with such a big band. Yes, um, a big time. I mean, especially when we have, when we're out of town and we have subs that are out of town, so it works there. But yeah, recording has been, um, yeah, technology well, has been our friend. And I guess sure. it's nice too if you find someone that you can collaborate with that maybe isn't a member of the band, but you hear them and say, hey, you should put this little piece on one of our songs. They could do that yeah. too. So are there any plans to record uh, any more albums? Yes, we, oh my gosh, we have a to-do list that's like re- so long. <laughs> we want to put out another Christmas album. We want to put out an uh, well, re- album. Oh my God, listen to me. I'm <laughs> a oh, CD. But here's the other thing, like people don't really buy physical CDs anymore. The older people do, yeah. right? But but now, so now we're like, well, how do we get our music out there? So now, you know, we have the option to just down, you know, pay for the download. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we're headed to. Um, but recently we discovered some recordings from my grandpa's band in the 1950s and we had them digitized. Nice. So now I'm imagining this CD project of, um, kind of like the Nat King Cole and the Natalie Cole thing. So like having my grandpa's band playing, but my daughter singing along. To, oh, with, yeah. You know, so, um, so that's in the works. We've got that going on. We'd like to do one, um, put out a project where it's just all of our originals because, yeah. um, you know, that, that was new for us and we're really proud of those. So kind of highlight those as well. So, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, we've been doing videos for a lot of our original songs, um, and so, yeah, I mean, and with my daughter, she's uh, majoring in digital media. So she has a ton of ideas for us uh-huh. and is really helping us to get to that next level of, of all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, and that's Emily. That's the lead singer. She's yes. digital media. Okay. And uh, speaking of, so you guys constantly have writing ideas coming to you, uh, especially playing, and even like a lot of bands writing sound check, things like that. Is that how you guys are doing it and just haven't gotten around to getting it recorded or is you concentrating more on just putting the set list together? You know, it's, I've found that um, I, well, obviously I delegate, you know, my mom's the graphic designer, so she handles that. Oh, okay. uh, my dad fixes everything. So he's like maintenance, <laughs> you know, uh, my husband's the IT guy. So I mean, we have to delegate, but you know, like my husband, he has like a regular day job. So a, lo- a lot of what we do, we have to do in the evening or, you know, here and there, um, because it, it can easily be a full-time job. In fact, for, for me, it, it kind of is. I mean, I'm the librarian, I do payroll, I try to scout out new gigs, try to, you know, keep up with everything is so hard, uh, to do to do it all you know you get going in this one area and then oh i oh i haven't posted in a week oh gotta get onto that again and so there's there's so there's so much to it which is what's really cool about 
being married to Rob is that we share this passion for the band. So we're, you know, we're always like talking about ideas and songs and, and our vision. And it's wonderful because I think if you're, when you're in this band, you need to have a very supportive, significant other. And thankfully all of the guys in the band do, um, because, you know, they're on the road every weekend. They're kind of immersed in this this whole community of Oktoberfests. And and um, you have to be all in, all in, you know. And all of the spouses or significant others have been really supportive, which just, again, just fosters that sense of family on the bandstand for sure. I was going to take getting back to the CDs for a second and uh, streaming. You guys sell merch at the shows. I know that. Do you sell your CDs there? I don't remember. We do. Okay, cool. Yep. And I want to tell fans then that that helps the band because they make more money selling CDs than they do off of streaming. You probably already know that. To that end, yeah. but for people that want to take a listen, are you streamable? Are you on Spotify or Freegal or any of those? I think we are on spot. This is horrible. I should know this. My daughter's going to kill me. <laughs> I believe we are on Spotify. Our originals are. I think okay, cool. some of the issues is with some with some of our tunes, our parodies. Right. And so we can't really. We do have some tunes that are streamable. But we do have some tunes mm. that are streamable. And you can also stream from our website. And you can stream oh, okay. from our website. Cool. Yeah, I thought the rule on parodies was that you, as long as you're doing, because this is what we do with T-shirts, is yeah. if it's a parody, you, you don't have to pay the royalty. You're covered by satire. So if you're doing a parody, you should be okay. And the reason Weird Al asks permission to do parodies is because, one, he's a super nice guy and doesn't want to get anybody upset with him. And yeah. secondly, and more importantly, is if he gets permission, he becomes the co-songwriter and he gets publishing rights. So he's also he's not only making a royalty off every time the song gets played, he's making more money because he's also a co-writer on the song. So, oh. yeah, so it's a little kind of a double issue. But I'm, I am pretty sure that if you guys just do a parody, you're allowed to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, okay. consult your attorney, but I believe that yeah. <laughs> that's how it's been explained to me over the years. And again, whenever we do shirts here and we wonder if we should, I say, hey, we are covered by satire. So, and okay. now people can still be a pain in the ass and, you know, give us right. trouble. But, you know, you guys, you guys should be covered. Um, and so what was I going to ask my other question about CD? Oh, the thing I was going to say about CDs too is that uh, kids, if you enjoy your the Claber heads, do buy them on CD because sometimes stuff goes away on streaming. Right. I would want to put all my eggs in the Spotify basket. Yeah. Over in Sweden. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Who knows? So what's the rest you know, of the... Oh, go ahead. And I think it's just the old school in me, but there's yeah. something about having that physical CD and you, you open it up and you read the liner notes. I don't know. I'm just that tangible, organic feel of mm -hmm. it. Well, something I'm my like, daughter discovered, uh, she's really into K-pop lately, as well as her, she likes her indie rock, but K-pop's been a lot. And so she's been buying the, the CDs from these bands because you get you know, picture cards and they make like a nice package out of it. And so oh, she's nice. been listening to them in her car and she's like, wow, the CD sounds so much better. And I'm like, yeah, I hate to be the audiophile guy, but yeah, that is true. The, the, the streaming rate, you know, maybe 196 kilobytes, whereas a CD is much more than that. And you'll hear stuff you haven't heard and she's like yeah it's so much better I don't, I don't stream them anymore she listens to the cds so, oh that's awesome yeah yeah and uh i just made that same discovery too with the one i just got in the mail that i'm supposed to review for a, a website i write for and i'm like oh this sounds a lot better on cd <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah so what's the rest of the year look like for the claberheads you said you're doing christmas so we're, shows um we're, we are gearing up for our, our christmas season 
which is a whole different repertoire of music. Mm-hmm. We do, um, well, what I like to do is obviously the, what the songs people want to know here, but done in unique ways. Because again, I think it'd be boring just to hear all those Christmas tunes done. Well, yeah. Straight, you know, mm-hmm. so we do, um, well, you know, like the Mariah Carey song, um, we do the Bruce Springsteen, we do um, a really fun mambo version of Rudolph that's just hysterical. And so, but you know, this is music we only literally play like two times a year. Yeah. So we have to remember it. We, we will have a rehearsal because, um, well, and because last year we didn't do any Christmas shows. So it's been a couple years. So we're gearing up for that. We're not doing a New Year's Eve this year. Um, so really, we just have the two uh, Christmas gigs. But we actually, we have some weddings that we're doing in December and, oh. uh, and some private birthday parties. So for so. the Christmas shows, are are these polkified Christmas tunes? Or are they more big band, like Brian Setzer Orchestra style? They're more, yeah, they're more like how you would hear it on the radio. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. And how do you choose the set list for that? Is that, because uh, I know... It's probably well. How do you how do you choose the set list really for any of the gigs, the Oktoberfest ones and the Christmas? We'll start with the Oktoberfest ones because, like okay, you said, so you've got a for lot the of Oktoberfest. You know, um, I always take into account the venue and the audience, and um, you know if it's one we've been to before or if it's a brand new one. Um, I also take into account the time frame that we're playing. Are we playing in the afternoon? Are we playing in the evening? Um, and then you know I like to start with that opener that we do because that's just who we are. You know, it just go, it runs the gamut from traditional to, you know, parody of Eminem to the Muppets, like it's all over the place. And uh, so, and then, you know, but then for the people that are like, wait, I came to hear German music. So then I, we immediately do some polkas Mm -hmm. and a waltz. And then, you know, like our version of Margaritaville. Um, and from there, I just kind of, then we want to really get the crowd involved. So the chicken dance always gets people up, right? <laughs> so we'll do that. And from there, I just kind of program, make sure I'm doing some polkas, some waltzes, some modern. Polkas, waltzes, modern. And then by the second set, people are more, uh, less inhibited. They'll come out and dance more. And by the third set, I'm just kind of watching the crowd. I'm always watching the crowd because I want people to be having fun and enjoying themselves. So, you know, if I see they're kind of leaning one way, then we, we do more, you know, that. Or just I just kind of read them and see what they're into. Or or if I need to pull them back, you know, uh, okay, we, we need to get back to a polka here. Um, we'll do that. And then for the Christmas stuff, we pretty much do all Christmas and, you know, try to do a few that are up tempo and then maybe take it down a little and then a few up tempo. And, you know, you wouldn't think it in, well, going back to Oktoberfest, you wouldn't think that a slow song would really, you think that would clear the floor, but that like, (laughs) that like brings all the couples out. And so a lot of times I'll strategically place a, like a, a ballad in there because, People love to dance with their sweetheart. Well, they sure do, especially that time of year. Do you yeah. ever hear a song and think, uh, "Wow, this we could we could really do something with this"? Uh, one that just pops into my head, 
Uh, My Type by Saint Motel. I'm not sure you're familiar with it. Uh, yeah. You would know it if you heard it, I think. It, it actually was, they're, the guy, they're from Los Angeles. The, it became a hit in Britain. Uh, it went top 20 because of a telephone advert, as they say. It was in a oh. commercial there. And then here, I think people know it. It gets played a lot, but it, they have a little horn section. It's only a four-piece band, but the song is, has a lot of horns in it. So oh. you might be able to do something with that. So do you ever hear anything like that and think, oh, wow, there's some oh. horns in here. We could, Or even any other stuff. You could make these the horns, and you could... All, All the time. Okay, there you go. All the time. Like I, yes, I keep. I have like a thousand notes on my phone. Oh, nice. I'll be like, oh, I gotta make a note. Yep, yeah, that would be good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like if I could just spend literally like a week just at my desk without having to leave, I would get so much done because I have so many ideas going through my head. And we touched on this a little bit earlier, but is it more? Is it difficult with some songs more than others to kind of make that to have them fit into the set list? For sure. And you know, some songs we'll, we'll try that. Like on paper, it's like, oh, this is going to be great. And then we do it, and it's not that the song isn't great, but like it just doesn't hit the way that I thought it would, or you know, the crowd doesn't respond like I thought mm. it would, and so. You know, we've given it a try, but it just didn't work for us. But usually I would say 95% of the time, what I think will work, works. And that's so exciting when I see that come together. Did the other band members bring in songs or song ideas? Oh, yeah. Yep. They'll say, hey, have you tried, have you thought about this? Or, oh, this would be a good parody. Um, Yeah. And then um, our drummer has written a lot of originals for us. Oh, okay. Um, and then, yeah, we've had like, and we've even had some, you know, subs this season that have been like, hey, you know, you should try this. And and we did, and it was great. So they, um, yeah, that song, that 80s song, Who Could It Be Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, a, he played saxophone and he nice. said, hey, have you thought of Where Is My Beer Now? <laughs> so we did all Oh, yeah, yeah, so there you go. And it was great. It was just great. So who yeah. wrote the parody lyrics for that? Um. Rob. Okay. Yep. All right. Rob did that one. Yeah. And like I said, it's not, you know, like a, a ton of yucks, like a Weird Al song. It's more lighthearted and, you know, it's, it's really, it's really cool. Cause I think it's, it's a slightly different vibe of people who are expecting like a Weird Al kind of parody versus more of a, you know, lighthearted still fits in the rest of the Claberhead set. So. Speaking of Weird Al, so it had been on my bucket list for at least 10 years to do his parody of Bohemian Rhapsody, the oh, polka yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so this summer, we looked to see if there was any music out there for it, and there wasn't. So Rob transcribed it from the oh. audio. And that is a very complex piece to oh, put bet. together. Yeah, yeah. And we were only able to have, like, two rehearsals of it. And then we were finally able to do it at the Minster Ohio Oktoberfest. And um, it went over really well. Nice. It was great. Yeah. Um, I don't – did you guys do it in the – at Uberdrome? I can't remember. We uh, – we rehearsed it. That's okay. Because yeah. I thought I had yeah. some recollection. Because I think my other friend was working with me, and we were like, "This is what I think it is." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, gee, this has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot about German music and polkas and Oktoberfest <laughs> and, and things this like that. This has been great. I am so glad that that we made this happen. This yeah. Been- yeah. For sure. And uh, again, highly and folks, you can catch the Claberheads mostly year round you do any shows in the spring or does it most things mostly heat up in the summer with Oktoberfest through christmas or mostly in the summer fall winter yeah but you can be hired to do if someone has a february wedding and they want to do you know they want a german the band that does german music they they can contact the claberheads correct 
um, you know what? You just broke up. Whoops. Say that again. I was going to say, if someone has like a wedding or an event in the winter, uh, in February, March, they could they can hire you guys, certainly, right? Oh, yeah. We're always, we're, we're game for anything. Okay, great. So you're on all the social medias, of course, Facebook, yes. Instagram, Twitter. Claberheads.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We got a ton of videos okay, out cool. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And possibly Spotify. <laughs> What's that? Possibly Spotify. I'll tell people on the yes, other side yes, of the interview. I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure. I'll, fi- I'll find out for sure. And then uh, let me see. So the last order of business then uh, is that we let the guest choose the coupon code that listeners can use in our store or on our website to take 20% off their t-shirt order. And I'm going to let you uh, pick that coupon code. It can be a phrase or a single word. Uh, what would you like the coupon code to be for our listeners? Ooh, okay. How about get Claybird? Get Claybird, all right, and how Claybird with one B or two? I don't. It's it's one. Okay. One B. That's so I'm thought. actually wearing the shirt. That's right. Okay. Get yeah. K L A B E R. Get oh get Clay. Okay. K L A B R E D. Okay. Super. So all K-L-A- one word, folks. Get Claybird, and you can take twenty percent off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, and uh, use that nice. in our stores or online. Yeah, terrific. Well, great. Well, we'll look forward to, to seeing you. When are the Christmas gigs going to be? Are these open to the public or these private events? Yes, they are. Um, oh, great. Hamilton, Ohio, Chris Kindle Market is the first Saturday in December. Okay. It's at the Butler County Fairgrounds. We okay. play five to eight. And then the following, oh wait, in November, was it? No, December 23rd, I think it is. Mm-hmm. We're in Carmel, Indiana for their, they have a very big Chris Kindle market. Oh, nice. And we're there in the evening. So yeah, they're a great time. Great. Super. Well, terrific. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time and talking to us today and continue oh, to discuss with the Claybor heads oh. and I uh, hope to see you guys live again soon. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. It's great to talk with you. Great talking with you, Erica. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Open your eyes. Look up to the skies and see. Labor. Boy, they're so much fun. I hope you'll have a chance to catch them. Maybe not this Christmas, but maybe when Oktoberfest season uh, kicks in again around July of next year. They are a lot of fun. Turns out they have one song in Spotify. Uh, it's, and I, I'm sorry, I closed up Spotify. So I don't remember what it is now. But it's uh, one of their original songs. It's in there. We need to get them uh, some more exposure there. And they said they have a lot of videos, though. So you can go to YouTube and look up the Claberheads, and you'll find a bunch of stuff there. In the background, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody, Polkified by Weird Al, like I said. Uh, the two bands fit together, I would say, but they're not uh, identical. Like I said, the Claberheads, a little more lighthearted, where Weird Al is more hysterically funny. But again, uh, you know, if Weird Al ever toured again in this part of the country, I think the Claberheads would be a great opening act. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, simply email us podcast at cincyshirts.com and put podcast guest in the subject line, and then maybe give us a few sentences about why you think that person would be a good guest. If you haven't already, of course, check out the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. I can also tell you that today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They're from Philadelphia. Find their music in Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever else you get your music. And as we discussed uh, in the interview, better off to buy the CDs, folks, and maybe go to, I guess, what is it, C? 
CD World or CD Baby, I think, is the online CD store. I mean, if you have to go to Amazon, I, I reckon you can, but I don't think they make as much money getting a CD sold on Amazon as they do uh, maybe through their own website or through uh, one of the smaller CD stores online. So just a little note. That goes for the Kleber heads the, and Big Nothing and anybody else. Anyway, I digress. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and more. We're up to like 32, 34 cities, something like that, at oldschoolshirts.com, where we have the same mix like we have on Cincy Shirts of, you know, defunct sports teams, old shopping malls, radio personalities, restaurants, stores that used to shop at. So again, like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. So if you need a gift for somebody out of town, they don't really know Cincinnati, but you know, they live in, I don't know, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Louisville, uh, check out those cities, and you can use the uh, the coupon code given to us by Erica, get Claybird. So it's G-E-T-K-L-A-B-R-E-D. I'm doing it in my head. I didn't even write it down. Get Claybird, all one word, uppercase, lowercase, that part doesn't matter. Use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order or a little hack. You can use it once on each site if you like. You can do that. And let me see. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye. I wish I said goodbye.